Welcome to the Pick Me Up Podcast Unscripted, brought to you by CDI College, the training you need for the career you want. I'm Jennifer Lee, and join me for a monthly conversation where we unravel the myths of mental health with our expert guests. Get ready for a fun and informative deep dive into many topics that are currently on our minds. Let's get started. Okay, so I'm so excited for our very first episode of CDI College's Pick Me Up podcast, Unscripted. I'm Jennifer Lee. A little bit about myself. I've been a broadcaster for over 10 years. Uh, The most recent traditional broadcast job I had was flying around in the traffic helicopter. I've recently got into podcasting, and now I'm helping out with the CDI College podcast. I'm really excited about it because it's one of the topics that I have started to really get into, and that is mental health. I know that's a word that's been passed around during COVID a lot. We hear it, mental health all the time on the news and on social media, but what does it truly mean? That's why we wanted to do this podcast, because every month we're going to unpack what mental health is. So today I have my lovely guest, as you can see here, uh, her name is Angela Leung, and I'm really excited to talk to her. She is a counselor, and we are going to discuss what exactly is mental health. Hi, Angela. How are you? Hi, I'm good, Jennifer. How are you? Great. I'm so excited that you're the first guest. Uh, Me too. I'm so excited to dive in today. Awesome. Well, Before we do that, we all start somewhere. So I love to know everybody's journey and kind of why they choose the careers they do. So how did you end up being a counselor and then eventually starting an elegant mind? Well, I like to go back to my adolescent years. Um, I came from an immigrant family. My parents came here from China and they gave birth to me here in Canada. And just growing up in that sort of environment where your household is very ethnic and you're kind of left to your own devices in terms of figuring out school and figuring out friends and figuring out your teachers um, because your parents just, they don't speak the language and they're just busy trying to survive. Uh, It was a huge struggle for me. Um, I often felt really lost and lonely as a child and AP psychology, so advanced placement psychology was where it all started, right? It was one of the only courses that really spoke to me, right? It really um, was easy for me to grasp. I did extremely well in it. Um, And it just, it just helped me, it helped me gain a sense of control over my life, right? control over a sense of like what's going on with me and what's going on in my environment and with the relationships around me. Um, You know, having parents that are that um, busy and unavailable, like, like now I understand that it's so important for parents to help children organize their experiences, help them understand what they're feeling. And in hindsight, like I could see I had none of that. And of course, I was confused, right? And of course, that's why I was so drawn to psychology as a way of like helping me make sense of my world. Um, Like I said, I did really well in high school in that course, and I naturally went into it in my undergrad. Um, I knew that I really wanted to become a therapist. 
Well, I have to say on your website, I think you put it beautifully. You say becoming aware of the not so elegant parts of ourselves, because I think out there, especially if you watch a lot of older cartoons or a lot of older television, uh, mental health is shown as like, I hate using the C word, but they just automatically paint people as crazy people. And, and that's not a correct way of looking at it. So the way that you put it to your clients is so beautiful. Yeah, I don't see mental health in that way. I don't see it as this ugly thing that only certain parts of the population experience and it should be locked away and hidden and secretive. I think mental health is for everybody. And I'm and I'm happy to see that. You know what? It is moving in that direction. I see the Gen Zs really owning it, right? really putting it out there like this is what it's like to live with uh, body dysmorphia for example right this is what it's like they document their journey of recovering from um, depression or what have you right it's it's out in the open now it's not like what it was Um, and for me it's just definitely not um, what you see in the movies right it's not it's not Shutter Island Leonardo DiCaprio, Shutter Island. It's um, therapy is about learning about yourself, right? Learning about those parts that you're maybe a little bit ashamed of, that you're not sure how you feel about that part of yourself. And it's a neutral space for you to just see what it feels like when you bring that part of yourself out. And whether that part of you is even true or whether you've made it up. And I think that's the thing right now with uh, COVID-19. A lot of us in this last year have felt feelings that we've never felt before and maybe don't even realize uh, that it falls under mental health. Like some people I've talked to have maybe not been hungry, not eating or not sleeping. Or I even know for myself, you don't feel there's some days that you're just numb and you're like, why is this affecting me mm-hmm. so much or you're or more emotional? And I think a lot of us are like, why are we feeling these feelings? I even listened to another podcast today and it was cool because they had clips of different people just phoning in and they were just saying how during this whole pandemic, they've been like the queer that I love that I'm seeing there. I love doing, I ended up hating halfway through and I felt so depressed and I don't understand why I feel this. And it's just different things of different people's lives of being like, I wasn't like this last year, but now I'm feeling this way every day. So I think it's something that we're all being more aware of, like you said. And and I think a lot of young people are bringing it to light, like um, that young tennis player from Japan, you know, a few weeks ago, she took a stand at the French Open saying like, I can't do media after I play. It's just not healthy for me. And I love the fact that she stood up for what was good for her. Right. Wow. Yeah, it really takes uh, it really takes people who are public figures to really start changing the culture of what is mental health, right? To move that image of oh, it's a Shutter Island thing. To mm-hmm. it's something that's like it affects everybody to some degree. Yeah, it's not one flew over a cuckoo's nest. It's not exactly. Shutter Island. It's a real thing. And that being said, from your professional opinion 
what is mental health? And I know that's probably a really big question because there's so many facets to it, but what is mental health? Yeah, it's a really big question. Um, I've been thinking about this a little bit and a, in, a, in a really black and white way, mental health is what the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, that's what you know. a, a bunch of psychologists and psychologists, psychiatrists have all sat around and formed a task force and decided that these are the features of OCD and these are the features of major depressive disorder. And these are the features of borderline personality disorder and so on and so forth. But what does it mean for, for the general public, for the layperson? Um, what is it? What is mental health, right? Um, is it when, is it just, is it just when I'm, you know, is it just for suicidal folks? Is that a mental health problem, right? And it's such a, you know, honestly, it's such a, it's such a wide range of presentations. That word mental health, um, it really could mean anything, right? It really could mean anything. We're mostly looking at mood, right? I'm just not feeling my best. I'm not feeling um, motivated, right? These are kind of signs, right? Signs of um, your mental health not being ideal, right? When you're not motivated to leave your house, when you're not motivated to for personal hygiene, when uh, your work no longer seems as interesting, you cannot focus, you're having trouble sleeping, um, uh, other, other sorts of sleep, sleep disturbances, um, chronic pain flares up. And at which point do people come in to get help? It's sort of, you know, everybody's different, right? But uh, when, these, when these kind of signs and symptoms they just, they feel unmanageable or, or there's only sort of like a band-aid effect where like if I drink a glass of wine, it's okay. Or um, if, I, if I'm completely distracted by, um, by it, by like, um, you know, being with friends, then I'm okay. And then when I'm alone, I'm not. It's those, these are kind of signs that it's probably time to talk to someone. What kind of signs do you look for if you need to talk to someone, because I think one of the big misconceptions that I've always heard is like, oh, mental health is something you've born with. It's genetic. Like you can't develop it over time. And that's not true. Like, yes, I know some of it does play into genetics and maybe you can clear that up, but there are yeah. other things that develop over time. Yeah, that is so far from the truth. So I did do genetics research in my undergrad. So I understand that we can isolate the genes, right? We in, in the animal model, anyways, and say that this gene is responsible for this behavior, and so on and so forth, right? Um, like we've isolated the schizophrenia gene, or what have you, right? But uh, but there's also research, other research that says that genes can be turned on and off depending on what's going on in the environment. If the environment is chaotic and stressful, then that gene is going to express itself. And if it's peaceful, it's you're supported, it's nurturing, that gene may never express itself. So it's not really a debate of nature versus nurture anymore. Are you born with it? Or are you not? I think what's more, more important is like what's going on in the environment, 
And I think that relates back to COVID-19, like a lot of people who probably never thought that they would have some type of or deal with some type of mental health issue. They're dealing with it now uh, because our whole world was flipped upside down. And that's not something we were born with. Um, So it's something that happened later in life for a lot of people. Exactly. For a lot of people, COVID-19 was just the straw that broke the camel's back. It was the one thing that just the one card that teetered the whole deck of cards, right? The one Jenga piece that toppled over the whole thing. Um, it's, it's a big adjustment, right? We're asked to find enjoyment, seek pleasure, enjoyment, and be fulfilled in the four corners of our tiny 500 square foot apartment. Right. For a lot of people, you're you're to live, work, play, eat, exercise all in 500 square feet. And then, you know, maybe in some cases like you're you have housemates. Right. So maybe there's even less space than that. Um, And it's a big adjustment for people who are who previously had other coping mechanisms, being able to go to the gym and that little social interaction there. Right. Being able to um, go to the grocery store and getting that like a. you know, just getting out of the house, right? Getting some sunshine, that sort of thing, right? And when you put wearing masks all the time on top of that, and the fear of potentially dying or your parents dying, um, that so there's uncertainty of like what's gonna happen to us, right? So that constant low level of stress of what's going to happen to us. Are we all going to die, run out of food and die? That's interesting now too, because as we talk about kind of loosening the rules here and getting back to normal, as they say in the fall, and they were saying that masks indoors here in BC will probably be rid of by July 1st. But it's interesting because I talked to my friend groups and then you hear on the news and they interview the grocery store owners that a lot of people are like, I don't know, it feels too soon now to get rid of the masks. It's like they're kind of our comfort blankets. And I agree too, because sometimes now that I'm used to the mask, I'm like, Am I going to want to get rid of it by July 1st? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all suffering from change fatigue. And that's a big thing that, you know, of mental health they're talking about. I know a lot in the States, we're starting to talk a little bit about here now that things are rolling is re-entry anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Getting back to normal. Like I just got used to this way of life. Now you're asking me to change again. I can't handle it. That's something new. I learned change fatigue, (laughs) Um, which again, these things all fall under the umbrella, I'm going to say of mental health. And there's so many different facets. And I think that's sometimes why we might not feel that we are suffering from an aspect of mental health, because there are just so many different avenues. Yeah. I mean, you might've seen on my website that I do believe that a lot of our mental health presentations can be traced back to some trauma earlier in our life. Right. And sometimes it takes the work of a skilled therapist to help someone understand that it didn't start with you. It didn't start with just you yourself, right? There were your parents and the parents before that. So there's intergenerational trauma. And on top of that, there's like, what is the world going through right now? The pandemic, that's traumatizing, it's stressful, right? Um, There's, um, you know, you got to look at the the person, the the level of the individual, the level of the relationship, the level of wider society, and consider all those factors as well when you're looking at 
the way that someone is presenting mental health wise. Another misconception, too, that I want to talk about is visiting someone like yourself. Can you explain kind of like what it's like to go see a counselor? Because I think a lot of times people have this image in their head that it's like, oh, I'm just going to sit there and talk and I'm not really going to get anything out of it. But what you guys provide uh, is very valuable. I'm so glad that you asked that question, Jennifer, because I would love to dismiss, demystify some of the um assumptions that people have, right? I think sometimes people are really scared that, uh, you know, my my therapist is just going to analyze me and or he's going to tell me that there's something really wrong with me and I'm going to feel like an alien. I'm going to feel gross. I'm going to feel ashamed. And if that's the case, then that therapist has not done their job, I feel, right? There's, there's, a, there's a, you know, there's psychiatrists who are, who are there to make their assessments so they can prescribe a medication, right? But then there are therapists who are there to kind of help you see that, to help you see your true self, right? To help you see that there is this little kernel inside you that's stru- struggling to stay alive, that kernel of that inner child or that, or that, um, that vibrant creative being that you have inside, right? And it's it's our job to kind of see that strive towards resilience that you haven't completely given up yet, that you've just kind of become temporarily lost and you just need some guidance sort of coming home to yourself. And I I think there's something else that like I knew, so I did have to find a counselor at one point uh, and that's because I was in an accident, but um, I didn't know and people that, told me and gave me great advice that had seen uh, counselors before they said, you don't have to go with the first one. And I didn't know that. I didn't know I got a choice. They said that. Right. And even the counseling company was like, no, we're, we're going to give you somebody. They're like, you have to feel comfortable with this person. Right. And they're like, if you don't feel comfortable with them, then you can go to the next one. So I didn't know that you actually, like, I thought it was like, you go to a counselor, you get that person. That's it. And I didn't realize it's like, no, the companies are amazing. They help you find the right one. And and even the counselors are great too. They're like, if I'm not the right person, that's totally cool. We'll find you somebody else because they want you to gel. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, someone should develop an app for this. Some sort of like Tinder for (laughs) like a Tinder for counselors. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I tell my clients all the time, you should shop around. You should connect with your therapist easily, right? You should feel that, oh, this is someone who I can talk to easily, that I feel comfortable sharing, right? I have a sense that she might understand me. It's true. Like it took me, I was with one and then it didn't work out. And then I was with one that I really love and and, and that it's good. It's like a relationship almost. Exactly. <laughs> so You're right. got to find the right one. Thank you for saying that. It is a relationship. It's a relationship where your where the whole intention and the purpose of the relationship is a word is for your own growth and self-discovery mm-hmm. and self-understanding. It's it's a vessel for you. Right. But 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 for you to get something out of it, the therapist has to show up in some way. Right. It's not it's not just like a wall, right? It's not a big slate like the Freudian style doing things. For people right now that are thinking about how to kind of keep their well-being, you know, 
healthy during this time uh, of COVID, and especially as we kind of near the end into a bunch of more changes. Uh, what are some things that people could be doing? I know for me, I love to, I got into it during COVID, but I love biking. And I think that helps my mental health and my well-being. I think people have forgotten that to feel, to be healthy, to be mentally healthy, um, we need variety in our lives, right? Um, and COVID-19 has really limited that. And that has been really tough for some people, right? Um, I like to go back to Dan Siegel's seven, seven healthy habits for a mentally healthy mind, right? You need uh, downtime where you're kind of just uh, daydreaming. There's no, there's no goal-oriented um, purpose of um, being, right? You're just, you're just kind of relaxing without any sort of trying to achieve anything. There's time in so this is like kind of focused work you're focusing on what you're trying to finish like a project or a paper um there's play time um so you want to engage in some form of play whether that's like sports or laughter with friends or a game or something that just makes you feel like a child again right uh there's there's social time being time time with our friends exercise sleep and then there's introspection right that that's the time that you're devoting to kind of really think about what's going on inside of me and that's that could be time that you're with your therapist or or even journaling by yourself so those are the those are the seven things that i think that people need to keep in mind right i think especially in this north american world where we're very driven towards capitalism and consumerism and um, more, more, more. We forget about the t- the time the time out where we need to just relax without any sort of goal oriented activity. The biggest thing for me is I can't sit still because I feel guilty. That's a whole new topic in itself. That's an hour I could talk exactly. about. I have the guilt of like, oh, I'm going to sit and watch Netflix. Oh, but you should be doing this. Right, right. I mean, even Netflix. Watching Netflix. That's the goal. I'm trying to finish this show. Right. <laughs> I like that homework prescribed. Yeah. Watch yeah. Netflix. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been really eye-opening to me and and I loved everything that you said and just you gave me some new things. And I'm gonna try. I've been told to journal by a few people. I've got to get into it because I do know people that it works wonders for. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great tool for self-care. I'll try it tonight. Well, thank you so much, Angela, again, for joining us on the Pick Me Up podcast, Unscripted. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to next time. Listen. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pick Me Up podcast, Unscripted, brought to you by CDI College, the training you need for the career you want. Make sure to continue the conversation by following us on our social media pages. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss any episodes. And for more information about CDI College, check out our website, cdicollege.ca. Talk to you next time.